Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. I am joined again today by my friend and board member, Mike Miller. Mike and his wife, Carrie, and their brood of youngins live in um, Sand Springs, Oklahoma, just outside of Tulsa. And uh, Mike's a good good friend of mine, dear brother, and he and I have been on a number of uh, mission trips. I would, I guess I could... Uh, safely say real mission trips because we actually go and preach (laughs) go and preach and teach on these trips and uh, I wanted to uh, just spend some time letting you hear from him and me as well talking about the trip that we made four years ago to Uganda in which we saw God graciously um, just move in some very unique very strong very very dramatic ways in the the lives of a number of people uh, uh, chief among them I suppose Pastor Bill in Uganda. Uh, Mike, one of the things that that struck us, we were, was it Kabuku Village, I think? Um, yeah, Ch- yeah, I think it's Ch- Chibuku. Chibuku. Oh, Chibuku. Pronunciation, but yeah, I think it's Chibuku. Chibuku. Um, there was a, that was one of our larger venues uh, to preach, and uh, Pastor Bill told us afterwards, he said that there were a number of pastors who came to this particular uh, venue from all around the area, and uh, and they were stunned that we were Americans, right? They just could not believe right. we were. Why were they so surprised we were Americans? Well, they had gotten, you know, the American missionaries have been going to Africa for a long time. They've been going to Uganda for a long time. If you remember uh, that the one seminary that's there, the, the good whatever the good times. Seminary over at Macquarie University was founded by, um, you know, a prominent prosperity preacher from America back in I think the fifties or sixties, and so and they have American preachers on television, and that's that's what they know of American Christians, and that what they know is the prosperity approach, and, and if it's not prosperity, it's you know seeker friendly, it's um, you know dealing with your emotional issues, dealing with your life issues, dealing with your, you know, how to improve the conditions of your physical life type stuff. And they see it as very, very superficial among the African pastors that are that, that are more grounded in the, in the, the word. Yeah. So they were, they were not real thrilled when they heard that Americans were coming to their village. Uh, on the, and the surrounding village pastors that were there, they were not real thrilled that these Americans were coming because they thought that's what they were going to bring. Because they brought it before. Right. And when missionaries had been there before, and they'd have a revival, and, and people would get really excited, they would, they were, their account to Bill was that people would come, and then there would be no lasting, there was no lasting change. There was no help. It wasn't helping. It was just a, you know, just an event. And so right. they were, were, they were pretty shocked that we we didn't preach a gospel that based on wealth or call out a gospel and we didn't preach about felt needs but instead it was um, you know more profound we talked about you know we talked about false teaching we talked about solo scriptura and things like that but you also got into the seminar and talked about those things 
and that was not what they Mike, you're kind of drifting off a little bit there, man. Okay. If you, okay. Give me my phone. There you go. Okay. Yeah, there I am. There you go. Um, Bill had the same experience with a, a pastor he ran into when he went to Ginger. If you remember, uh, I mentioned before, uh, we get to, we went to Ginger, we did some street evangelism. Yeah, And uh, right. a man had come up to Bill. Uh, Bill didn't really know him, but he was he had introduced himself as a Christian pastor, and he was he was somewhat taken aback by... You know, his affinity with these American preachers and Bill had to persuade him that we were different. So there, there is a reputation overseas, uh, even in that part of the world that not a lot of Americans go to that, you know, American Christians are sort of of that ilk. And it's something that the church, the professing church, unfortunately has exported a lot to those foreign countries and not just Africa, but we hear that from you know, friends of ours in Pakistan and in India in the Philippines, yeah, so uh, unfortunate export from from our shores. Yeah, I remember when you and I we when we first got to that uh, our first night there, we were staying in that little um, hotel, I suppose you could say. In my gardens. Yes, yes. In my wow, yeah, wow, what a blast from the past. In the gardens. Um, um, no, there was no garden there. <laughs> uh, the, the kids came up to our room, Bill's kids, and they turned on the TV. And that little, that little black and white TV that was in the room, I remember the very, as that little TV warmed up, you know, and the, and the image came on the screen, the very, I kid you not, the very first thing that I saw on that screen was Jan Crouch, uh, the then co-president of TBN with her, you know, with her uh, gaudy get up and the way you know the way she looked, and that was the first thing that came on the screen when they turned that TV on. So, so uh, yeah, yeah uh, the 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 quote unquote Christianity that uh, the United States has exported to the rest of the world is uh, a, a tragedy. I mean, it, it truly is, and and these preachers were just stunned that we were Americans when we came and taught right. what we taught, and they could not believe. We were Americans, and um, yeah, and it, that's a sad testimony for a lot of you know churches over here in America that are biblical. That there isn't a lot of alternative for these foreign uh, believers. You know, they don't they don't see the alternative. It's not as though one day you have a solid Christian missionary show up and do some things, preach some things, and then the next day you have a you know a false teacher. They just get one after the other after the other, after the other of these false teachers. And when the missionaries do show up, a lot of times they don't even preach at all. Right. There is no preaching. Yeah. It's the water wells, it's, you know, make beds at the orphanage kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Which is, yeah, it's all well and good, but that's not that's not Christian work, per se, in, in terms of the church's calling. And um, yeah. that's, that's, that's easier, I think. That's right. That's in right. some ways, to, to do that. Oh yeah. Um, so that, he was surprised by that, and they, they were also surprised um, when they talked to Bill that Bill would share his mzungus. Matter of fact, one pastor even even warned him that he shouldn't share his mzungus with other pastors because they would steal his mzungus away. And I found <laughs> that to be found that to be quite uh, interesting. Yeah. There, there's a. There's a sense, and we saw this also a little bit in, in, in maybe in India as well, that that if you're if you're bringing over an American uh, to preach, that you don't want to collaborate with other Christians with that because it's all about you know patronage.
image, you know. And Christians don't think that way. Genuine Christians don't think that way. Genuine Christians want to collaborate with other Christians. They want to co-labor in the gospel wherever town they go into. And you see in Paul's letters, I mean, he he mentions as many of them as, by name as he can within that limited space. There's not that kind of sectarian sort of divide amongst genuine believers. And and it wasn't with Bill. He was not concerned about losing his Mzungus to these other Christians, and he and he told them that he goes, I don't, I don't. These are my friends, you know. These are fellow believers. I don't own these people. Um, but that does happen. Yeah. And when from talking with some other Christians, you know, when they've gone over there, they'll have, you know, they go to a church, they go to an orphanage, maybe the pastor, you know, the real biblical, maybe he'll preach once or twice or something on a Sunday morning. But there's not any confrontation over any kind of false doctrine or sin. It's all, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya. We didn't see that in Africa. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there was conflict. You know, there, there was disagreement on, on yes. theology. You know, you know, people were persuaded. Uh, but it's not as though, you know, we showed up and everybody was, you know, in agreement, you know, with everything that we were going to say. That's quite the contrary. And I think that's... That was actually a refreshing thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. In a way. Right. Right. Indeed. Indeed. Well, um, so recently, as of this recording, recently, Pastor Bill had an opportunity to come stateside, right? Came to the United States. And um, I was really hoping to see him. He came to the Shepherds Conference. And you were there, or you were there in California in the, in the area. And I, I was. I had planned on coming, and I couldn't wait to do it to see Bill, and and then I had to go off and have some surgery done, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah, a little minor issue. But uh, Mike, tell us about uh, tell us about your time with Bill in the states here a few months ago. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the whole situation was really a miracle that it even happened because we had tried several times to get Bill a visa to come to the United States, and we could not get it secured. I think I mentioned that a few of the programs ago. And so Bill had an opportunity with other pastors that um, Master Seminary helps uh, in Africa. Um, they wanted people from different parts of the world to come and be represented at the Shepherds Conference. Uh-huh. And Harkai was also kind of involved in that process. And so Bill um, decided that he would he should go. And um, this, this group, I'm not sure exactly, I think they're affiliated with Master Seminary, but it's not Master Seminary, but Bill could correct me on that. I mean, they, they went through um, a lot of difficulty, but they, they managed to get Bill a visa. I don't know how they did it. I chalk it up to a miracle because it's not easy to get. And um, Bill scraped the funds together to buy the cheapest ticket he could on Ethiopian Airlines to come to Los Angeles. And um, the cheapest ticket got in there like a day and a half early. <laughs> you know, so he was in the show by LAX, you know, basically $30 and you know, nobody there to greet him. And, wow. Um, the, I'm sure God would have worked out a solution, but he did work out a solution in that um, we, when he told me he was coming, um, you know, we figured, well, well, we'll pack the family up. We'll go. We'll pick him up at the airport. We'll drive from Oklahoma to California, and um, we'll pick him up at the airport, and we'll have a couple days with him, you know, to, you know, my family had never met Bill in person. He'd never been to the United States, and they didn't come with me to Africa. Right. So they, they would finally get to meet this this, this person who's been you know, a pretty important person in, in our lives. 
And um, so we did. We drove out there. We rented an RV, which if you've never done that before, that's that's an adventure in itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, we drove out there. We picked him up at LAX. We got hit by a Japanese tourist, but no injuries. That's another story I won't tell. <laughs> um, and we took Bill, you know, just spent some fellowship with him. Took him to took him to uh, uh, around uh, to see some nature and the beach, and, and just spent some time with him. Uh, and it was like a, a member of the family, right? You know, because he is. Few days. <laughs> and, and you know what was also really interesting there is that he had um, a person there from Madagascar that was going to the conference that he, he had never really met. He just talked to him a couple times on the internet, and I'd never met him. So I we dropped Bill off uh, after a couple days at this fellow's uh, little apartment. And me and the guy from Madagascar and Bill, we were like best friends. Like we've been best friends for centuries. You know, there was, it's always just so amazing. It was instant fellowship. Yeah. Instant affinity there. And here's, right. you know, here's a guy from Africa, grew up in Islam. Here's a guy from Madagascar who grew up in who knows what, not Christianity. There's not very many Christian churches in Madagascar. Yeah. You know, and, and here's the big white American. And we were like best friends for, you know, just that brief period of time. Only... Only the Holy Spirit can do something like that. That's right. You know, only God could bring people together like that that should have very little in common. Right. So it was really neat. Bill got to spend that week and most of the next week um, you know, there, went to the Master Seminary. Paul Washer also was at a conference there and he listened to that preaching and, and uh, it was very fruitful for him. Did Bill get to meet Paul? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, and, and apparently he... Uh, we, because of the timing of it, we couldn't go to the conferences. We were only able to get there, spend a couple of days, pick a bill from the airport, and we had to head back. And so I missed the conferences. And then, you know, the, the people at Hard Cry, they, they don't know me, really. Okay? I, mean, I met Paul Washer one time. They don't know me. And, and every time they ask Bill about how he, you know, how they came to, to know him and how, how God had brought him out of, you know, the Pentecostal movement and, and the Word of Faith, he always tells them about this guy named Mike. You know, they have no idea who he is. I'm like, I'm like the Sasquatch they've never met. <laughs> you know, so they were, they were, I think they were kind of hoping I was, was going to be there. And they're like, well, where's Mike? Where's this Mike guy? I'm finally going to get to meet him. And that wasn't there. Oh. And so, <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of regret that. Yeah. I wish I'd have been able to go to it. But it, yeah. it, was, it was good for him to meet those guys and, and for them to be encouraged because, you know, Oftentimes, a missionary organization like Hard Cry, they also have to deal with false brethren. If somebody comes to them, they support them, and then they get, you know, they have issues. And for them to have a person that is genuine and faithful uh, is very refreshing. It's yeah. very refreshing for them. Indeed, and, um, I bet. I'm sure I can't even hardly express that. So he finally got to come to America, and it turns out that uh, nine marks is having a conference next year, and he may be able to come to that. I may send him to that one. So, so okay. who knows? Maybe we'll get to um, we'll get to have that reunion, uh, you know, at some point next year when he comes back, if it's the Lord's will. Yeah, good, excellent. That's not going to be the, the. You're not talking about the T4G conference, are you? I'm not sure. At some conference in Washington D.C. that oh, in D.C. That, uh, okay. Nine marks is hosting, I think, next year. Yeah. I, I don't know much about it. Okay. Okay. Um, he, he may be at that, yeah. and um, and no, or we may go back. Who knows? But um, right, God knows. But again, it's just amazing how you know people from such different 
circumstances and backgrounds God can bring together. And you can see there a picture of the unity that's in Christ. There is no yes. Jew or Gentile. There's no you know, this sort of Christian and that sort of Christian. There's just really Christian. You know? yeah. Whereas you know, those that are not gathered to him, they, what does it say? They, they scatter. You know? Yeah. Amazing yeah. testimony. Indeed. And just what you were talking about, uh, meeting a brother from Africa and you really have absolutely nothing in common culturally or or anything, and, and yet you meet and there's an instant bond there. There's that instant kindred spirit, instant fellowship, and it's like you're with family. And, That's right. And it's because we are. We are with family. Bill, you know, I'm reminded of, of what Jesus said you know he said behold pointing to his disciples behold my mother and brothers and sisters you know these are in other words this this is my family this is my that we have we have family all over the world and um uh and i've experienced this too in every everywhere i've gone whether it's to uganda or philippines or ecuador or India, you know, just um, Europe, wherever it's when you're with like-minded believers, there is an in- instant bond, yeah. an instant kindred spirit, and you just—it's just—it's something that can only. There's no other explanation for it other than the working of God's Holy Spirit. That is the only explanation. Absolutely, and and again, it doesn't happen because you know if you properly contextualize the gospel to the local culture. You know, which, you know, there's a place for that, but that's not why it happens. Right. You know, because, you know, Jim, Pastor Jimmy in the Philippines, I don't know if you remember him up north, and he went to the yeah. village with the unpronounceable name. Yeah. Um, yeah. He barely could speak English. He could write English pretty well, but we, we could barely have a conversation. Right. You know, the talk. But right. we're, we're still close friends. We still co-labor with him in the gospel. It doesn't matter even with the language barrier. Yeah. And I remember Kurt in the Philippines, I mean, what a lifesaver Kurt was. You know, we would never have found anything. Yeah. And, and for your, you know, for your purpose of your uh, of the listeners, you know, Kurt was a young man who, um, you know, providentially became our our local guide to help us get from one end of the Philippines to the other without getting lost. Right. You know, they don't believe in road names there. <laughs> <laughs> My garment didn't work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember when we got there, and you were you you had uh, planned on uh, renting a car, and you were going to drive us oh. around. I can remember thinking, I don't think this is good good idea. <laughs> Yes, I knew that. I'm, I remember sitting out there waiting and thinking, "What in the world is taking him so long?" I mean, I like I didn't think it was that complicated. But yeah, you were in there for oh my goodness, you were in there forever. So they, they call, <laughs> we're trying to figure out how to work the system. Right. And um, so we, we get in the car, and you know, for the purpose of your listeners, we were I mean, we were totally lost all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the roads are very nice in the Philippines, except for the speed bumps, but the traffic is horrific. And there are no road signs, you know. And yeah. so, 
you know, for us, it was a complete mystery on where we were at. And then God sent us Kurt. Right, right. You know, this young man. And what, what was what was neat about Kurt? Kurt Kurt's a very smart man, computer programmer, very young. Yeah. Um, you know, he he's been looking for a job, looking for a job. He finally gets a job interview, and they required him to work on the Sunday, and he refused to do it. Yeah, he lost a job interview, and then he gets another job interview, and they offer him a job, but for him to take that job, he can't help us. Mm. And so he turns the job down so he could help us wow. go to those different places and preach. Isn't that amazing? And, yeah, it was amazing, and then of course God took care of him. He got a job. Yeah, yeah. Eventually with IBM or something, and, but you know, faithfulness. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I tell you, yeah, you just you saying that I, it just brings back those those memories of of Kurt. What a precious, precious brother he was, um, yep. and, and is, and and um, I, I, you know, I, I I wouldn't trade anything in the world for the for the things that I've experienced overseas with with like minded brothers and uh, and sisters, uh, different parts of the. And it is, it's just like you said a minute ago. It's it's a little it's a little foretaste, just a little little peek. A uh, little little foretaste of what heaven will be like when we're people from every tongue, tribe, nation gathered together with unified hearts, worshiping the Lamb, and and all these other um, you know these superficial differences just won't matter any because we're we'll all yeah. be all be gathered together as family worshiping our King. That's right. So, and it it is the power of the gospel, Mike. I tell you, every every trip I go on. Um, I'm just not that I need convincing of it because I, I believe it theologically in my doctrine and, and what Scripture teaches. But it is, it is a neat thing to see that doctrine, the the power of God's word, the sufficiency of Scripture is a really neat and encouraging thing to see it play out right in front of you, right right before right. your eyes. And, and that's you know that's what the church and Christians need to focus on, just the simple message of the gospel and there's time for for additional instruction there's a place for addition, the additional instruction that needs to happen I mean we have to refine our theology and, and understand some of those concepts but right you know it's not you, you go over to those places it's not you know about digging water wells and pulling teeth and having something to do or even feeding orphans there's a place for that but talk about the most important thing first talk about salvation first and what Christ did first and the other things will work themselves out you know in the right. appropriate venue you know God dealt with with Bill you know first he hears the gospel God converts him and then then God refines his theology and then later God deals with all the issues his physical needs and all that other kind of thing and yeah. then it all worked itself out yeah but you know imagine if, if you know just to speak you know hypothetically Bill goes to Kampala and that evangelist instead of teaching the gospel at Macquarie University all those years ago. What if he just got into a self-help, you know, tithing sermon or something? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, th- that that's what strikes me, you know. He goes there, he preaches, nobody listens to him, he doesn't see anything happening, he doesn't ever know anything about Bill's conversion. You know, it's not like Bill went up to him and said, yes, I, I heard the gospel from your mouth and I converted to Christ. And it took weeks afterwards before Bill was converted, maybe months. And yet God worked it. Yep. And same thing with Saul with Raji in India. Yep, that's so right. So I would encourage your listeners, wherever God has them placed that, yep. you know, that's what needs to be spoken about. Friends, family, relatives, strangers, whatever. 
focus on that. And if they go overseas and if they're out pulling teeth, you know, yeah. you know, share the gospel while you pull those teeth. Right. Deep <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you very much for joining me, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your um, the your the the church that you're pastoring, your work there. And um, dear friends, this is this is what we do, and um, we appreciate your prayers as as uh, we go about and and do the Lord's work in this capacity. And we trust that you will be doing uh, God's work in whatever capacity that He has seen fit to put uh, you in and give to you. Uh, just be confident that the power is in the gospel, in the word of God. And, uh, Mike, just a couple of, like, literally about 10 seconds. Where, uh, next year, we think we're going to Japan together. Is that right? Uh, if the Lord wills, that's the plan. We'll see how it turns out. There's a church in Osaka and, and two churches in Nagoya. And Nagoya is kind of like the Detroit of Japan, from what I've read. And hmm. um, <laughs> I'm curious to see how things will work out. Um a lot of these churches are populated with uh, not just indigenous Japanese people, but also foreigners who work in Japan. So I want to have a multicultural, multi-theological uh, audience. Okay, good deal. All right, Mike. Thank you, brother. And uh, dear ones, thank you for listening. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, are interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.